Hello and welcome back to the first of two Turf Talk specials for the biggest week in flat racing. Yes, it's Royal Ascot. My name's Louis Tomlinson and sat next to me as per usual. Well, not, it's not really been as per usual for the past couple of weeks, has it, Jim? Yeah, I've, I've missed being in the studio with you. But we're back in the studio is Mr Big James Watson. Hello. Uh, a hell of a lot to get stuck into, Jim, and there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, really can't wait for this weekend. Hopefully the rain stays off for Royal Ascot and we can have sunny and good ground at this moment in time. It's good to soft, but hopefully it'll get better as the week goes on. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be finding you a lot of winners. Jim, colour of the Queen's hat on the first day? Green. That's the only market that matters. Right, let's start talking about the things that actually matter. And we'll start with the first race of the meeting, the Queen Anne. Jamie Spencer from Two Darn Hot and Frankie Dettori. Scardu is next on the far side for James Doyle, but it's Phoenix of Spain quickening on three lengths clear from Two Darn Hot and then Scardu and Decrypt, but Phoenix of Spain has made just about all the win the Taras Irish 2000 guineas. Second is Two Darn Hot, Decrypt. And well, it's a wide open renewal this season, really, isn't it? Uh, the better general 4-1 favourite, Libra Vido, a lot of money for him over the past couple of weeks. 9-2, 5's Mustachere, 6 as Barney Roy, 7's Lawrence, then 10's Accidental Agent, 12's Hazard Paul, Lord Glitters, 14's Olmedo, and 20-1 uh, and bigger, the remainder. Uh, Jim, I guess it's time to... It's probably best to start with the favourite, Libra Vido. Uh, I've got no idea what to make of him at this price, mate, because I liked him at 9-1. to one. I think he's a mental price at force. He, he, he has gone slightly short now, looking at him. The, the locking holds the key to this race, really, I think. Uh, if you look at the top of the market, Le Bravido, Mustachery, Lawrence, Accidental Agent, Law Glitters all ran in the locking, and Mustachery got the best of them that day. I thought that was a very good performance by him. Uh, typical Michael Stout he's progressing the older he gets he's now a six year old he's fairly lightly raced 18 runs and I, th- I thought he did it very impressively he, he ran well through the line and got the better of Lawrence uh, Le Bravido was the eye catcher he was very sweaty be- beforehand and then he siphled his way through he got blocked off in his passage by without parole who was almost pulled up, uh, got absolutely smashed 30, 50 odd lengths, uh, and he was pulled out wide and he rattled home on the outside. Um, very similar to Libravido's comeback run, where yeah. he was never sort of in the race, and this has been the obvious target since day one for, I think, for Aidan O'Brien. And I think Libravido will be very hard to beat, but at the price, I think that. He's very skinny. The seven to two in places, and I, I wouldn't touch at seven to two in places. I think he's the wrong favourite. Do you? I think he's the. Wrong do you think Mustachery should be favourite then? I do, I do. He was over three lengths ahead of Libravido at uh, <coughs> at Newbury, and don't mean, th- th- this is probably a fairly moderate bunch of milers. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, o- older milers, they're not really a vintage renew. They're not really a vintage crop. And I, I I just worry about. Uh, well, I think you could run the lock hinge again, ten times, and you'd have a different winner. 
Yeah. Mm, I, you know, I agree with and, you. And you might come up with eight different winners. I think there is only between Lubravido, Mustachere, Lawrence getting the allowance, accidental agent, those sort of horses. I think there's only three pounds between, really. Yeah. I, I don't like the price of Lubravido because I think he, the past twice this season, he's got himself into positions where he has been eye catching. Yeah. But the reason he's been eye-catching is because he's got himself into positions where he can't win the race. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be uh, interesting to see if they try and hold him up because they've held him up the last two times. Might see him a bit more forward midfield riding style. Yeah. Look, it's, I, I think he's quick enough to do that. He's one over seven. Yeah. It's just a bit of a, a bit of a messy race. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it because it's so competitive. Uh, Mustache rate, again... Y- y- I thought he was a disappointing winner of the Lockinge. I know Stout can, you know, improve these older horses. You don't want the horse being beaten by Forest Ranger <laughs> and then going on to win the Lockinge. Yeah. You know, on his prior start. As much as you love but, Forest Ranger. Yeah, yeah, we do, but we know he's not top class. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I could see that moustache there has improved, has improved for the run, but it's just how much improvement, you he's, know. He's left to come from a six-year-old. Yeah. Completely, but then again, he might not have to improve. He might just be, you know, by one or two pounds the best of these. And if he confirms it again, then you know, he's a leading older miler in the mm. country. Do you, Do you think the weight allowance for Lawrence will help her in this race? I, I know she gets it every time, but yeah, of course, of course, it will. Because you uh, said that you only think there's a couple of pounds between them. Do you think that weight allowance will help that way? Oh, yeah, it will. And I'd rather be with Lawrence at sevens than I would at Librivido at seventy-two. Yeah, do you, do you think she will have improved for that run last time? I do. And I do. She's a big, strong filly. She's, you know, barring the QE two last year, you can set your watch by her. Mad consistent, uh, especially in a race where, look, the favourite is so windy. Mm. And this is from someone me and you both said after the lockings we like Librivido for the going forward for the Queen Anne. Yeah. But that was at the price. He was at a you know, he was at nine to one, he was a good price. He was the price of a horse who had four of these in front of him last time. Yeah. You know, he he's a very, very short price to beat four horses who beat him. And that's not even uh counting the horse who I think is the likeliest winner of this race. Go on. Which is Barney Roy. I love Barney Roy so much. Which is Barney Roy. You know, him. he he was what this field is lacking in a genuine Group 1 horse as a three-year-old. Obviously, he went off to stud, you know, performed about as well as John Carver did at Newcastle. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, was rerouted back, in, back into training. Had the snip... And uh, ran well over C and D on on seasonal reappearance. Obviously, look, the Barney Rival should have been beating Zaki. I know, but he'd been off for six hundred yeah, and odd days. Exactly, and the form's been frank since. Zaki since won at Epsom. He's aiming, I think, towards the Wolverton. So I think the form of that race is fairly short. I was interested in Robin of Navin in that race as well, but we'll talk about him later on. Um, so and and his winning France was. It was impressive to watch, but what has he actually beat behind? We don't really know an awful lot. The only one really is Orban of Andre Fabs, which came over to Goodwood to run in the, run in the Sussex Stakes and got thrashed by lightning spear. So 
the form isn't exactly pulling up trees and impressive, but I, I think Barney Roy, he's the one, he's the class act in this, and I think he's value at seven to one in places. If I'm being honest, if we can just scroll down the odd screen, please, Jim. There is one that that I looked at and I thought caught my eye at a huge price. Yep, spot on. We both guessed on the right one. Yeah, we can. You can back Romanized at forty to one. With the same bookie, you come back. Uh, Libravido at seven to two up. Yeah. Romanized finished in front of Libravido last time. Correct. And it wasn't like everything went right for him either. Mm. You know, he also had a bit of a trouble passage. Had to switch wide. I think that's a mad price. Yeah. I think it's a mad price, mate. I also uh, just won at a bigger price, who I quite like. It's Olme- uh, Olmedo. Uh, he was second behind Plumatic in a Group 2 at Son Clue earlier this season. But he has bits and pieces of form, which... Well, he won the French 2000 Guineas. Um, I think that we shouldn't underestimate this French runner. Uh, and he... He's not come out to be as good as what he was last year, although he was found out towards the end when running in the jockey club and the uh, Jean Pratt. So I think that Olmedo could run a decent race at a biggish price. Yeah, I, I just think I don't. I think there is so little between these. So I think it is half worth just having a punt. You know, rather than going with one of the favourites. The same, I'd, I'd make an each-way case for Beat the Bank, yeah. whose best performance came over course and distance when winning the Summer Mile. Yeah. You know, he, he was only went off only 5-1 to one for the Lockinge. Yeah. You know, obviously down the field that day. But we know he's a gen overall level of form means he's capable of competing with this lot. Mm, yeah. And I think it's, it'd be unwise to discount him, especially mm. at such a big price. On the back of one slightly poor run in the lock. Yeah, you could say the when, same about log litters as well, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you know, we know that they're capable at this level. Uh, who wins the Queen Anne for you, Jim? Um, I know we've slagged him off at the prices, but the most obvious for me is Le Bravido. I, I, I have backed Le, Bra- Le Bravido, so I'm with him. Oh, God. Uh, I'd, I'd probably... Do you know what, mate? I think he... He's a likely winner. I don't think he's the bet. I don't think he's the bet. Uh, I think Lauren's each way. Yeah. At seven to one, I think it's a very fair price for her to be in the three. Yeah. Uh, that that probably I could be even be four places. Yeah. There seems to be plenty That's of line a good up. One, isn't it? Yeah. Unless oh. bookies do offers. Uh, but even then, I'd also put up beat the bank and uh, Romanized each way. Yeah. As well, who are both, you know. I wouldn't put anyone off backing anything in this race, if I'm being honest. Accidental agent is half... The, is a, I know he won it last year, but he's half the price of beating the bank, and I don't think there's that much between them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the two-year-olds now. Horses we don't know particularly much about. The Coventry Stakes group to over six furlongs, and they've got seven to two favourite Arizona for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, next in the market, five Visionari, Mark Johnston... Sevens for Fret, which is for Richard Harren. Eight, Joe Lyons and Siskin. Ten, Sunday, Sovereign Paddy Toomey, bought by the uh, King Power team. Twelves and bigger the remainder. Uh, Jim, I love these two-year-old races, mate. Uh, what do you make of the favourite then, Arizona? Well, Arizona, very strong at the head of the market. Got beat by Sunday, Sovereign on debut. And then since then, has absolutely blitzed the field uh, in... 
Akura made and beating King of Athens by eight lengths, and it was absolutely breathtaking performance. Uh, certainly went off eight to fifteen. He was certainly fancied, and he absolutely blitzed home. Um, it's interesting to see he's in the red car two-year-old trophy, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, because why would Aidan O'Brien ever send a runner to red car? Uh, but it's big, it's big money race that one, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, yeah, I, I think Arizona. He's had the two runs now. Uh, they were ran fairly close to each other, twenty days between each. I think he he deserves his place at the market. My only worry, I was only reading something on Twitter the other day, and No Near Never's record at Ascot isn't that good. So for two year olds, so well, I was going, but surely that makes that isn't worth looking at because he's only had one crop. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's such he's a narrow. It's such a narrow set of uh, figures. Yeah. That, that you can't really t- you take them with a pinch of salt because they could yeah. they could they all know their nevers could win this year. Yeah, of course it is. If John Gosden doesn't have a winner on the first day, John Gosden would be not from nine at Ascot. <laughs> and then you'd say, Oh, you can't back a John Gosden horse. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, you need a wider sample and that no nay nevers are, are a problem for me. Uh Sunday Sovereign as seen as we talk about Arizona, he's had three runs now. Uh, he's one of the more experienced runners in this race. He stepped back down to five furlong last time after winning over six. He he ne- obviously needed the run on debut behind Monarch of Egypt, who is a nice one out of American Pharaoh for Aidan O'Brien. And then since then, he upset people beating Arizona at the Curra and then since has, has dropped down to five furlongs, which... I don't think it's a bad thing. It was He's mightily impressive as well last time. Yeah, and he ran through the line, hit the line well. Uh, I think the step up to six will be no problem. And I think he's some decent value at 10 to 1. I think they're underestimating him a bit because he's had the three runs. And and the idea of, well, Visionary could be a potential superstar looking at the sectionals from the weekend. But there's a big bounce factor that could happen running these two years so close to each other in big races like this. Um, and and th- <coughs> and and threat is is the potential interesting one in this for me. I think his win at Newmarket was very very good. Uh, he knew his job straight from the gates. He pressed the leader and uh, rifled home at the finish. Electrical storm has since. Uh, before that, I'd had a run at Newmarket in a race where Godolphin dominated it, and I th- I thought that he'd take all the beating that day, and he didn't. He's beaten two pretty nice types there as well. And Path of F- Thunder's finished second behind Maxi Boy at Yarmouth, and Maxi Boy's also entered in this. So I, I do think Threat's form's very strong, although he only beat three rivals. This is a different kettle of fish because it, it could be running against 16 runners, going against 18 runners. Um, but. I think Threat and Sunday Sovereign are my two main selections at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I, very, very fair shot. I like Threat. I think uh, the race he won at Newmarket last time was good. I think the two Godolphin horses he beat are good. Yeah. Uh, do we know whether Siskin's coming for this? Is he multiple entered? No, this is all he's entered for. Well, he'd be the one for me then. Yeah. I think he's looked well above average. He beat... King Neptune and Harpocrates well last time I thought um, he he did well um, to to get home I thought I, I thought he had a very difficult passage throughout the race but yeah 
Um, yeah, al- already a listed winner, which is you know shows he's already got a good degree of ability in a race where a lot of these are coming out of the back of maidens and novice one rings. Uh, you know, the, the race he won last time out, you know, he's beaten three smart enough Aidan O'Brien types. Mm. And I think he is the benchmark. He's well, the benchmark he's only got to improve past. One that is interesting at a bigger price is Royal Lytham, which is brilliantly named, can I say, Royal Lytham yeah. out of Glen Eagles. Brilliant. Perfectly named for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, I was very taken by his debut at Navin just last weekend. Um, I th- I th- my only question is he might bounce like similar to Visionari. But, um, yeah, he was very imposing type. I didn't think he was going to get a run, and Jamie Heffernan wasn't hard on him towards the finish. And I, I think 16-1 to 1 could be some each-way value if you're interested in one at a bigger price. Yeah, good, good shout there, Jim. And how good is it as well that we've managed to only get to the second race with Jim managing to get a horse's gender wrong. Brilliant. Oh, dear. <laughs> Every week. Every week. Uh, the King Stand, though, I mean, I love my sprinters. You know, everyone who listens to the podcast knows sprinting is is the discipline on the flat that I pay the most attention to. And this is one of the most fascinating races of the week. Batash, two to one. General favourite to be three to on the blue point, you know, and these are two world class sprinters, you know, very very rare for Europe to have potentially the two best five furlong horses in the world, but I think we might have them at the minute. I say Batash twos, blue point threes, you can have seven to one then third in the betting Sergey Prokofiev and Mabs Cross, tens for Imprimis the American Raider. 12 soldiers call, 16s and bigger the remainder. I mean, this this is a duel, this, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. Uh, First of all, can I, before we get in, do we think the winner is one of Batash or Blue Point? Mm, I, I wasn't expecting this, if you cr- could this have, question early on. If you were to take the two against the field, if you were offered the two against the field... I think I'd have the field. I'd have the two. Because... There's too many question marks for me around Batash, and I'm not sure about Blue Point. He, I don't know why. He, he won this race last year, uh, beating Batash, and Mab's Cross was back in third, but maybe my my head's ruling what price I think they should both be, and, and maybe that's putting me off. He's, he was busy in mid, and he had three runs. Uh, he, he's not been seen since March, Blue Point, which is not a bad thing. Horses that come from Dubai often hit the ground running as soon as they come back. Uh, he's the defending champion. He'd been running over six and he's going back down to five here. Would that be a question mark for you with Blue Point? Uh, no. Or do you think he, he's still got the speed for five? Oh, yeah, he's still got the speed for five. He won this last year. Yeah. He won this last year. He won over five at May down in February. Not not a bother for me. There's just something about Blue Point that's putting me off and, and, and I can't actually put my finger on it. Um... I think, I think eleven to four. There's eleven to four in places. That's too short for me. Uh, and Batash, we all know Batash. He's he's possibly one of the quickest horses in the world. But it depends what he's like going down to the start, doesn't it? Uh, he's an absolute hot pot. He could get revved up at the start and not run any sort of race. Uh, so, but if 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 everything goes right for Batash, 
he wins. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah. If everything, if he goes down to the start, perfectly fine, quiet. He looked better than ever last time when winning at Haydock in the Temple Stakes. Uh, the ground was given as good to firm that day, but for me it was soft, but typical Haydock. Um, so he beat Alpha Delphini and Mabs Cross that day, and I think that was a very, very good performance. I was there, and I thought that. I thought that he quickened away from two to two to the finish line very impressively. He went slightly earlier than what he usually does after he scraped that race, I think, two years ago. So I think Batash is the best horse in the race. It's just whether his head's in the game for that day. I, th- I think we shouldn't underestimate the American horse in premise. Uh, I know we have the idea that all the American horse sprinters are, are running, been running on the dirt but this one's been running on the grass and he beat Bound for Nowhere last time out uh, and he was he's th- coming for Ascot as well isn't he yeah and he was third in the Diamond Jubilee last year which was no bad thing um, I, I think that in premise could be underestimated because he's American and it's nice to see American horses coming over because we don't have enough of them I don't think uh, this is the main flat meeting of the season in England. We should have runners from all over the countries, lots of different countries coming over and running. And it, I'm, I'm glad that they've brought Imprimis over. Yeah, good shout there, Jim. I think, look, the thing with Bitash is you get into one on him behaving. Yeah. Really. Uh, and I, I, I think it is almost pointless trying to discuss whether he will or not because we just don't know there's no guessing you know you might be able to say oh Royal Ascot's you know the crowd and the occasion might get to his head uh, I don't think uh, look I, I, I just think it's not worth guessing mate because we just don't know we don't know if he's at his best he wins yeah what, why, why? I think Blue Point's a safer conveyance and a safer bet I think the Golden Shaheen you know, was an up to scratch renewal in Dubai. I take the point that sometimes horses' form doesn't back up in the, you know, when they apparently have showed improved form in Dubai, it doesn't all translate well to England. But Blue Point was as good in England anyway. Yeah, he won this last year. The the race, the say the Golden Shaheen, the race he won in Dubai was a proper Group One. He beat a Breeders' Cup winner there. Yeah. Uh, I think the winner's going to be one of the two. Yeah, and I think they're clearly, clear, I mean, clearly, Mabs Cross is a proper group on us, but ultra consistent, but possibly not good enough to beat them two superstars. Yeah, Sergey Prokofiev will keep being back, but he's not good enough at this level yet. He could be in time, but Jesus Christ, nothing in his form suggests he's good enough to even be a shorter price than Mabs Cross. So your selection, if I was to push you to one, would you be Bitash? I'd be Blue Point. Blue Point. I think I'll go in premise. Um, the American runner. I, I think I just, I think his value. There's there's twelve to one around. I, th- I think that would be a decent bet if I'm being honest. Lovely. And the next race, well, the race of the day, according to my esteemed colleague, Mr. Watson, is the St James's Palace Stakes over a mile, Group One for three-year-old Colts, and the Irish Guineas winner, Phoenix of Spain, is a six-to-four favourite to confirm form. Ahead of last year's champion juvenile two down hot, winless in two runs this season. Five Zen King of Comedy 
kind of come from nowhere, hasn't he? But won the Heron Stakes last time out, then 10 Skardu and Shaman. Circus Maximus. Supplemented he's a, he's a, for this supplement, race. This is around 10s as well. And then 25s and bigger the remainder. They include Royal Marine. What's gone wrong with him? We never, we don't know. Uh, Jimbo, two-horse race, three-horse race. What do you make of it? Um, I think it's... I don't want to put the mockers on it and say it's a two-horse race, but I, I think this has potential to be the race of the meeting. I think Phoenix of Spain is very, very good. That performance last time at the Curra was mightily impressive. And my heart always belongs with two down hot. I, I thought he was the, the potential superstar going into this season, and I think they've got it all wrong with him. He'll be perfect for, fit for this race. There's no excuses after this. If he doesn't win, he's not good enough. He's not progressed from two to three. But I think it's going to be a one hell of a race. King of Comedy is so interesting. Uh, he's obviously getting better with with racing. He's not that experienced, and stepping up into Grade One company will be interesting to see how he goes on. Scardu had been Scardu. Would you be, have you been disappointed with Scardu so far? No, not really. Oh, were you sort of? I, I was sort of expecting Scardu. He, he won the Craven early on in the season. Uh, finished finished third in the Newmarket Guineas and finished fourth in the Irish. So he's not exactly done a lot wrong, but he brings strong form into this race. And Circus Maximus brings in the Derby form. Uh, now that we knew that uh, Magna Grecia wasn't going to go for this race, so Aidan O'Brien's thrown Circus Maximus into this. I think it's very, very interesting. Uh, and I think Two Darn Hot is the horse to beat here. And I'm... Why but, though? Give me a reason why you'll turn tables with Phoenix of Spain, not because you've got photos of two down hot on your bedroom wall. <laughs> um, well, I think that they raced very quickly between each other, which uh, John Gosden said that two down hot does better the more racing he has. He'd had that injury before the Dante, and he went there and he ran over one mile two. I don't think he didn't. He didn't just didn't stay. I thought he just wasn't good enough on the day. That form's taken knock since Telecaster's been smashed in the derby. But I don't know, something inside of me is telling me that Too Darn Hot will relish this occasion and maybe John Gosden's just a genius. But I think Phoenix of Spain has had his day in the sun and John Gosden won't run too darn hot against Phoenix of Spain if he wasn't going to beat if he didn't know or think he was going to get beat going to beat him this time no I disagree with you there I disagree with that point entirely yeah what else are they going to do with two down hot you know because if if it, if, if if you're only going to run horses in race you think you know there's basically there's no point in having horse racing if we're only running horses in races we think they're dead certs to win you know and there's no challenge in there I think Phoenix of Spain's a skinny price but I think he's a right favourite it was a monster performance to beat a Guineas winner and beat two down hot on a seasonal comeback in the manner that he did. That was a monster performance. Uh, and at the minute, I think he's top of the tree of the three-year-old Milers. He's the one we've all got to knock off. Well, techni- technically, it's 2-1, two, 2 down hot versus Phoenix of Spain. So you think he'll be 2-2? Two, two? I do. I do, because the one to Phoenix of Spain is the most recent one. And... Th- and 
circumstances were more against Phoenix of Spain than they were against Tudan Hot. If Tudan Hot thrives of, thrives on his racing as much as you know you reckon he does, surely we should have seen an improved performance from the one in the Dante. We might have done, but not by much. Mm. Not by much. Phoenix of Spain, you know, you'd have been happy for him to have ran third and then make a case for him improving to win this. I, I, I do think the race is a two-horse two, uh, two race. I find it hard to see King of Comedy winning this. I find it mad that he's 5-1 to one because the races he's won so far are nowhere near. Nowhere near the level of this. I'm sorry, he shouldn't be a shorter price than Skadu, who even though we probably know isn't quite a Group 1 winning horse, uh, he's solid enough at this level. And again, you can very, very well see him being in the free. Uh, would you give Circus Maximus a chance, representing the Derby form? It's not, not very often that we see her. You know... A horse drop back from the derby trip to a mile next time. Yeah, I, I think he's just... I, I fancied him a lot for the derby. I thought the race had suited him. I think stamina is his, his, his main attribute. And I was really surprised he went for this. He absolutely clattered out of the stalls. He stumbled out and he was never really had that good a chance. He, he was he was six, wasn't he? And he was behind the main pack of the five Irish runners. And I th- I'm not sure that a mile will act, uh, will ex- exactly suit him as much as one mile four, but I can see him going from the front, and he could be difficult to get past if he gets from the front. I think they'll go an absolute lightning gallop because I think Circus Maximus could go forward, Phoenix of Spain, Irish Rover's been known to go forward, uh, and Advertise is full of speed, but he could have other... Places to go. It could be going for the Commonwealth Cup, I think, if if I've heard rightly. But yeah, um, I, I think that the race could set up for a close, and if two down hot sits midfield, I think the race will suit perfectly for him, and two down hot wins. Don't see it, mate. Well, I can see it, but I I don't understand how you can be as confident and as bullish as you are being. You know, if if you were to look at the Irish kiddies. I think the horse you expect to improve most from that run is Phoenix of Spain. And if he does so, he beats two down hot again. Yeah. and I, I, I'm a bit of both. I think my, my heart's ruling my head at this moment in time. Phoenix of Spain for me, then two down hot for Jimbo. Uh, the next the next race we're going to look at is the Ascot Stakes. Uh, a big staying handicap here over two and a half miles. Uh, Jim, we're not going to spend much time on this. Build me up Buttercup and Mengli Khan, a general giant favourites. I mean, this is a thing I'm looking forward, this is a race I'm looking forward to most on the first day, in fact, out of all of Royal Ascot, because Mengli Khan is running at Royal Ascot and he might actually go off favourite. Is this mental? Yeah. Uh, I remember backing him in the Racing Post trophy, to be honest, and finishing tail off, tailed off. And since that day, I've never worn to Mengele Khan. But it's not, I, I see Jiggins Tano taking all the horses out of training on the jumps, but maybe they're planning on a flap, flap campaign for most of the runners now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's a race Willie Mullins normally farms, uh, and he sends Build Me Up Buttercup here. Used to be with Mick Shannon. Um, and has entries in the Northumberland plate. 
which would be an obvious stepping stone if he was to go close here. Um, form, <coughs> form over hurdles. His patching was devastating on hurdle debut for William Mullins uh, when beating 29 runners. But since then... Midfield has, in the Mez, novice at the Cheltenham Festival. Since then, has hit a few bumps. So I, I'm not exactly keen on Build Me Up Buttercup. Mengli Khan, I, I think... It was hard campaign last year, I thought. It was very difficult. Every meeting, Cheltenham, Aintree, Punchestown, strongly campaigned. Just wasn't exactly good enough to be there. It was placed, well, third, third and fourth in them all. Uh, but for, for me, I think, and I can't say his name, but Carn Wennan, Carn Wennan, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Charlie Fellows is... He didn't beat a lot last time at Chelmsford, but overcame a bit of, a bit of uh, crowdedness in midfield when trying to come through rivals. But he was devastating at York, beating Man- Mancini. Uh, and I, I think he's a horse that's progressing rapidly. He's a typical Charlie Fellows, slow start to his career um, in novice stakes and gets better with age. He's he's not been out the first two in his last five races, and I think he is progressing nicely. And I think that ten to one's a decent each way bet, if I'm being honest. So is it Carn Wenner for you? Yeah, Carn Wenner. Uh, for me, it, well, I'm not going to have a serious a serious business. It'll be Arctic all the, fires in this. It'll as be well. all the jumps, boys. It'll be Arctic fire, snow falcon, <laughs> superb story. <laughs> is in this as well. Who, he ran in that shambles of a race at Kempton the other day. Yeah, I was going to say that's that 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 is is probably only had two or three runs since he won at the Cheltenham Festival, and the good old lunatic that is Mengli Khan, who let's be fair, I don't think had a bad season this year. No, I don't think he ran. I don't think he had a bad year over the jumps. After his chasing debut, you really liked him, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I I did, and I, I still kind of do. You know, he was third in the Cheltenham Festival behind Deffy Desai and lost in translation. He's running in a flat handicap over the same distance off 96. Bolts up. <laughs> uh, well, he's done it with Palisade to be fourth, Gordon Elliott, so... Yeah, especially that at the same place as Build Me Up Buttercup, who, what, is a £30 inferior horse to him over hurdles. Yeah. Uh, and he's o- she's only getting £5 off him here. Yeah, why not? Mengli Khan, the selection for me. <laughs> uh, and the last race of the first day is absolutely cracking one as well. The Wolferton Stakes over a mile and a furlong. Uh, and they bet general 4-1 to favourite, the, the Diomed Stakes winner, Zaki. Fancied to beat all-weather champion, Wissa Hicken. Well, well not no. technically champion. Technically not a champion, no. Sixers Magic, one for Aidan O'Brien, same price, Ella Cam. Eight's the actual all-weather champion, Matterhorn. Nine's Adabe and star of Bengal. Ten's Hunting Horn. An Irish derby winner, Latrobe, is, is around the 12-1 to one shot as well, as is Riven Light and Willie John. Jim, this is an absolutely fascinating race. Where do you start? Uh, well, we'll, st- we'll start at the top of the market. Zaki... Um... He's improved into his four-year-old campaign, which he's very much of Michael Stouts, as we've talked about previously. He did it well last time. 
he ran on strongly, running over uh, a mile. Uh, he's he's up a furlong here, uh, which wouldn't be an issue in my opinion. He ran straight through the line, uh, but I, I'm I'm not sure. I think there's some interesting runners in this, as as Lewis mentioned in the betting. I think Wizard Hicken he's got has got the potential to be a superstar. He carries the penalty here as well as Zaki. That's a slight negative. Uh, Alarkam is a frustrating sort of horse, Alarkam. Uh, he won well last time in a listed race at Goodwood, uh, but he he has sort of disappointed most people because he was a potential superstar going into last year's Guineas, and then he's flopped ever since then, but bounced back to form last time. Magic One's ultra consistent, I think. Jet jet traveling, Magic One finishes placed in everywhere. It was third last time at Belmont in a Grade One in the Man of War, which was a perfectly acceptable run. Uh, and I, I think Latrobe's the other interesting one. Keeps bumping into Magical. Down in trip, he's at a worry. His mm. best one, his best one to me is over further, and he shapes like. You know, I could see Latrobe. I know he's in the colours of the Australians. I could see Latrobe being a Melbourne Cup type. He's, en- he's entered in the Hardwick, isn't he? So he, the obvious option for me would be to go for the Hardwick yeah, instead of this. Enough. So he he might dodge this. And Matterhorn, since coming onto turfs, bumped into two uh, at this sort of level. Bumped into Regal Reality in the Brigadier Gerard, and was second in the Huxley behind Forest Ranger. I just don't think he's that good on turf as he is on all weather. So, pushing for a selection, uh, it's a difficult sort of race to get my head round, but I think Wizard Hicken could come back better for being on turf after last time, last time's defeat. I think Frankie just got it wrong, and back in Frankie's home, home ground, I think Wizard Hicken could bring in the potential interesting value. The one I like's Magic Wand. Yeah. She'll be getting weight off everyone, you know, beating her head in the May last, you know, last season. She's a proper out-and-out group one filly. You know, only went down the length to Wild Illusion as well in the Prix de l'Opera. Might, might be slightly underrated because most of her runs have come abroad. Yeah. But she's not been below form at all this season. Like you've said, third last time out in a group, uh, in a grade one. At Belmont Park, you know that was an open group one as well, a uh, grade one as well against back against the boys, returning uh, to getting weight away. Well, to getting weight from the boys and horses who I don't, I don't think you could see. As much as I like Zaki, I don't think he'd finish third in an American grade one. Yeah, and I think I think Magic One's the class act in the field, and she's the one they've got to beat. Yeah, right. That's it for day one. Let's move on to day two, and we'll start with the Queen Mary. Well, it's a race that's kind of been decimated at the top of the market with Lady Pauline, Wesley Ward's intended runner, no longer being in the lineup. And this morning, we've recorded this Thursday morning, the announcement that Godolphin's favourite for this Chasing Dreams is lame and won't be making an appearance at Royal Ascot. So the market, well, we expect it to change. You know, the ones at the top will shorten up considerably. That leaves good vibes as a general favourite. That's at sevens, but again, that's still with Chasing Dreams in the market, so I expect that to be, you know, two or three points shorter, really. 
uh, in the next few days. Eight Kimare, Anna's Fast, a final song, and Ikwuf, Ten's Divine Spirit and Theory of Time. Uh, Jim, it's a race that's obviously lost probably its two leading lights, mate. Uh, but what do you make of it? I thought Good Vibes looked like a bit of a monster at York last time. Yeah, did it very, very well. Uh, beat a classy field, I thought. Um, interesting to see how many of these line up again. I think Mighty Spirit will go for this race. I th- I think would be an interesting look. I, I think that... General 14's Mighty Spirit. Has been second twice now. Uh, and I probably wouldn't underestimate Mighty Spirit. I, I thought just, I don't know, there was something about the run where I thought, you're going in my tracker, and since that, she's been in my tracker. Um, simple as that. And I think Good Vibes and Mighty Spirit are the main two, possibly for me in this. Uh, like you said, you thought she was a bit of a monster. Uh, good vibes. She were bumped at the start and ran straight through the line. Uh, I certainly think five furlongs will not be an issue. Uh, five furlong isn't an issue. Could even want six in time. Um, but I don't really have a, that stronger opinion in this. I, I like the way Divine Spirit did it at Windsor last time. Cost a lot of money at the Breeze Ups and got the job done beating Pink Sands. I think that race could throw out a few nice ones but certainly the first three could certainly be potential superstars I think Pink Sands did well for a William Haggis horse first time out as a two year old so I think Divine Spirit would probably get my money at this moment in time I'd do with good vibes mate I, I, I just think uh, the race she won at York last time was you know it is is the thing they've all got to improve past? You know, it was a big field. It was shown she could do it. I know Mighty Spirit was runner up that day, but I think Good Vibes did it quite assertively, really. Yeah. You know, all, already a listed winner, and she's uh, she's the one for me in this. Uh, but again, it's not a race. I would have a ridiculously strong opinion. I on. was very hot on chasing dreams, if I'm being honest. But now that's been taken out, it's slightly disappointing for the race, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, the next race then is the Queen's Vars. Used to be over two miles. Now dropped down to one six. A big trial for the St. Ledger. This it's also been upgraded to a Group Two. And Western Australia is a general eleven to four favourite ahead of Constantinople at nine to two. Jalmud fives ten. Uh, 17 to 2 humanitarian 12's Nate the Great and huge prices the remainder uh, Jimbo will start with the favourite Western Australia slightly exposed is he but yeah, it, it's interesting that he's favourite for this yeah you'd think that the market would have gone more for Constantinople his closing section those were very very impressive last time Constantinople uh, so I think this is a very interesting race. There's all the runners I could probably pose, barring Hiroshima, uh, could probably like push towards. I I am a big fan of Constantinople. Thought Humanitarian ran really well in the Derby. I think Nate the Greats, interesting back at Ascot, uh, ran so well last year. Dashing Willoughby's a horse I hold in quite high regard. Uh, so yeah, th- there's 
Dash it, and Willoughby needs to be supplemented. Yeah, but he's in the betting on at the races, so I'm sort of classing that as the going for it. Um, but yeah, like you said, Western Australian had nine runs, won two of them, one last time out at Navan in a listed race, um, and I think that 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 was a decent enough performance. Didn't really beat an awful lot, I don't think. But if if the market speaks favourably for an Aidan O'Brien exposed one, I'm I'm probably not going to be disappointed. It's probably going to run its race, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, looked an improved horse up in trip to one five last time out as well, winning near the eight stakes, beating. A nice one of Joe Lyons called Piffian. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see whether Constantinople goes for this or the King Edward. Is he not in that as well? Yeah, he uh, is. I think if he runs in this. He he becomes favourite. Yeah. Uh, but he looked an awkward ride last time. I thought at at the Curran. Ryan Moore did very well to get his head in front with two furlongs to go. I n- I thought he had no chance. He's still learning. Yeah. He's uh, still learning. And his form figures in recent times are looking more attractive than what they were on debut. He, he was... Well, if you look, go back to that Newmarket maiden where he finished third, humanitarian beat him, kick on, won the... Fielding. Fielding, and then went on to be ninth in the French Guineas. Uh, French Arguinies, wasn't it? He ran in Arguinies kick on. He ran in both, didn't he? He ran in the French Derby, sorry. Uh, English English Guineas, French Derby. Um, and finished ninth, and he was seventh in Arguinies. So, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting sort of race. It's a bit confusing at this moment in time because the market doesn't know who's running and what's going on. But if I was pushed for one, I think I'd, I'd go for Constantinople, but I don't think he'll run. Um, it's a bit of a weird second day, this, isn't it? Because nobody really knows the declarations finally yet, do they? No, no, I, uh, that'll be that'd probably be the same thing for me, Jim. I'd probably say Constantinople, uh, if he turns up here. Uh, I'd, I'd quite like him for the King Edward as well. Yeah. I must admit, if he was there... Uh, Jal Mood's a fascinating one as well, because he, he got up in the final strides to win a listed race. At Longchamp last time, uh, good Olfin horse. He looks like a nice prospect as well. He started his career at Newcastle. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of good ones do now. Enable, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I think the three in the market are clearly better than Humanitarian and Nate the Great yeah. at this moment in time. Uh, interesting to see which of them turn up. It'd probably be Constantinople for me if he runs. If not, I'd be with Jalmud. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the next race, and one that we actually know a little bit more about, is the Prince of Wales Estates, a big race on the Wednesday, and they bet 5-2 to two joint favourites, Magical and Sea of Class, the two fillies, 9-2 uh, to two Crystal Ocean, 5s uh, for Waldgeist, 7s last year's Derby winner, Massar, then 12s Old Persians and Rayaf, as is Zabil Prince, who won a Group 1 in France last time. Jim, this is this is could be the race of the meeting. Yeah, do you think this could be the race of the meeting? And I really like Magical. Yeah, you you were a bit were you not a bit annoyed that she'd been bumping into the same sort of animals at the Curry last last three starts? I wasn't. Well, I wasn't annoyed. She can only beat what's put in front of her. Yeah. Uh, I I find it strange that 
Aidan O'Brien has been running flag of honour against her because mm. he's an Irish lad, you know, and I'd like to have seen him giving a Gold Cup type campaign rather than stare at Magical's arse all year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's not, he's not quick enough to get near her over 10 furlongs. This is a proper, proper group on Philly, as you see of classmate, but I don't know. I'm just a huge Magical fan yeah. in general. Well, it, it's interesting you, you talk about Sea of Class. She won't have James Doyle on. James Doyle rides Massa. That was the news breaking yesterday. Do you think? Who do you think of? He's he's made to ride Sea of Class. I think he's got Jamie Spencer written all over it. Jamie Spencer del- deliver a late just on the line. Bang! I think Sea of Class is is made for. So would you? You're edging more towards magical than Sea of Class. I am. I think I'd be more Sea of Class. Uh, if she got. She she was just run out, wasn't she? Another another stride, and she'd have won the art last year. She went from strength to strength. It was amazing that she only started ra- racing in April 2018, and she'd gone from that in April to finishing second to enable in October. Um, that is the only question mark I think in Sea of Class. Is a triple question mark? Do you think she's better over t- over twelve furlongs? I'm. I'm She's won over ten, but yes, yeah, she, she won the listed race over ten, but it's uh, nowhere near this level. It's not this level, is it? Um, I don't think I'm not worried about. I think one mile two's no issue. Um, I think it suits Magical more than it suits Sea of Class. Do you think? I do. Um, I think I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I think Crystal Ocean is. I, I, I don't know, it's something about Crystal Ocean I love. Um, he deserves a group one. Yeah, he he won the Al Ray in stakes last time, used to be the Aston Park group three, typical bullying of them in a group three, and uh, he beat Larabe, and then he'd been, he ran at Sandown in the Gordon Richards, which was, a, he just got the job done, he's been getting the job done at short prices, I do really do hope he gets a grade one one day. Uh, it was just ran out in the King George last last year, which but was again better out of twelve furlongs. Yeah, but oh, uh, it's, it, again, it's this is a race. This is a ten furlong race full of twelve furlong horses. I think you'd say that for Volgeist. Yeah, I think you'd say that for Massar. Yeah, who's really interesting coming back. You know, his first one since he picked up an injury. Because uh, because we've since seen that Derby form from last year is very very strong. DXB is now one of the leading stayers in the division. Roaring Lion. Didn't do anything wrong last year. Now at Stud, I, I think them front three were standouts, and it'd be interesting to see if Massar's as good as what he was last year. Uh, it'd be it's, it's, it's a it's a tight tight race for me. These are all. I want I, I genuinely I want to see Magical Sea Class, Crystal Ocean, and Massar far far abreast with a furlong to go. Not including Volgeist. Do you not think he has a chance? The French Raider. I think soft ground's key to him. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I thought it might be soft if the weather carries on yeah, like this. If it carries on. I like Magical, mate. I think, and I think she'll win this. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that she's the best horse of these. If they were to all run at their optimum, trip and you know trip, and have everything pans out for them, but I think this the race this will is more suited to her than it is to. Sea of Class or Crystal Ocean. Yeah, and and it'd be interesting to see how the race plays out. It'd be interesting to see where 
they put Crystal Ocean, whether he he goes forward or Magical just sits midfield. It's obviously a class will sit behind, but be interesting to see how that race plays out. Selection for you, Jim. See a class. I, th- I think I, I'm. I think see a class. If she can find any form from last year, uh, she'll be very difficult to beat. Uh, the next race then is the Duke of Cambridge Stakes over a mile. Uh, group two for Phillies and Rodar, only narrowly beaten by Larty Dahl last time out in the Middleton Stakes. Heads the market a general seven to two favourite ahead of Beshayio at nine to two. Fives I can fly. Six is Pretty Baby and Voracious. Same price then Agritera, Ananerium and Awesome Tank bigger at tens as is Bilsden Brook. Uh, Jim will start with a favourite. Rodar went down fighting to a good one last time out and she's the right favourite. Yeah, I, I thought Rodar was going to get the better of Latidar last time and Latidar just had the class to stretch past her and I thought that was a very, very good run. Uh, she'd improved from a third in the snow drop behind Agritera at Kempton. Uh, so... In this, you'd obviously have to see Agritera as a potential danger to Rada. Um, she'd become slightly disappointing, I thought, Agritera towards the end of last season. She she bounced onto the scene winning the Sandringham, so she's a course and distance winner. Uh, and I, there's, there's a few that you could give chances to in this. I think it's wide open, but I think Rada is the horse to beat, and after that performance last time, I think it's the only one I really think has got a good chance in this, if I'm being honest. It's a fascinating race. It's It, it, it really is because there's, there's a lot of these who you don't, who I don't think you have, again, who I don't think there's too much between on paper. Pretty Baby was a good winner last time at Lingfield. Yeah. And, and looked like she'd be able to make up the step from Group 3 to Group 2 level. I Can Fly was one up in the QE2. You know, these are good horses. Bilsden Brooks in there as well. And, yeah. and we keep giving Bills and Brook chances. And she keeps, well, not disappointed, but just not being good enough. And if she was to bounce back to any of a form from the 1,000 guineas last year, she'd be bang here. She'd, she'd have a serious chance, wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah, she would. Uh, she wouldn't be for me, though, mate, if I'm honest. She wouldn't be for me. Uh, I think Ananerium, if she comes here on the back of what she did at Epsom last time out, has to have a huge chance. I was very taken from that performance. Yeah, although I'm not sure whether this is over a straight mile, isn't it? Yeah. Do you whether, think she needs a bend? Whether that would suit her as much because the style of running is, you know... Come from the back. Come from the back. I'm not sure whether... I think that's harder to do on a straight course so you, than you, it is round a bend. You'd fancy Orson Tank to reverse the places with an anonarium? I wouldn't go that far. No? I wouldn't go that far. But I, I, I could see a chink in anonarium's armour there. Uh I couldn't back Voracious. I think, uh, look, she's 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 been running well this season, but she's disappointing. She's always area. yeah. She's always look. She's gone off favourite for both the starts this season. If she was going to win this, she she should have been winning those two. Yeah, for me. Uh, and again, just I I can fly. Really, you know, if she's anywhere near her peak, should be winning this. Yeah, should be winning this. Although she's got to re-oppose the horse who beat her last time out, which is Beshayir, the uh, William Haggers filly. Rapid improver. You know, won, won a listed race at Newmarket at the back end of last season, then went over to Ireland and claimed the scalp of I Can Fly last time out. May, 
it's hard to see reasons, you know, to make excuses for Eichenflau on the back of that run. Was she just beaten by a better horse on the day? Yeah, I think so. So would you expect Beshaya to be a more likely winner than Eichenflau of this? I, I would, yeah, personally. Would you? I think I would as well. Mm. I think I would as well, even though this is the scene of Eichenflau's best run when placed in the QE2. Uh it's a race I'm quite looking forward to. Again, I don't think there's very much between a lot of these. But I'd go for Rada, the favourite. Yeah. At the end of discussing about <laughs> ten horses, we both go for the favourite. I'm, I'm in agreement. The world-class analysis Turf Talk is renowned for. I think Rada will take all the beating. After. I know Latida was disappointing in the coronation, but I think that in, oh yeah. here, I think that Rada will take all the beating and... It'd be interesting who rides Rada, because Ryan Moore will more than likely ride uh, I Can Fly, because he's retained, isn't he? So could you see Frankie coming in for Sir Michael Stout? Yeah, of course, yeah. Look, I, I, I don't think it'd matter to me who, who'd ride her, you know, as long as David Maxwell ain't on board. I'm sure she could, she's well capable of getting the job done. Uh the first big betting handicap, really, of the meeting is the Royal Hunt Cup uh, straight mile cavalry charge, and he bet 13 to 2 favourite new graduate. General 12's Bowerman, uh, sorry, 10's for Bowerman, Settle for Bay, and Blue Mist. 12's Kate Byron, he's not running, he's going for the Wokingham, confirmed this morning by Roger Varian, as he's raising sand. 14's Elector Kinran. Surely it's going to happen one day. Tim Rune's going to have his day in the sun one day. 14s as well, Chief Ironside and Robin and Navin. 16s and bigger. The remainder, Mr. Watson, new graduate, is as short as 6-1 to one in places, which is ridiculously short for a race of this nature. But you can see why the way he run out ripping last time out was mightily impressive, beating Queso, who's a horse I know you like of Nigel Tinkler's. Who's since come out and, well... Queso finished third in the Victoria Cup at Ascot and then won a nice race at Chester. So the form's backing up there. Uh, I think new graduates progressing nicely, up to a rating of 105 after four starts. But I can't be backing horse in the Hunt Cup at 6-1, to one, I'm sorry. Is he, is he, though, a potential group horse in a handicap? He could be, but I'm willing to get my fingers burnt and go elsewhere and, and look at a slightly more exposed one. I think Robin of Navin. Um, brings a decent amount of form to the table. Uh, I, th- I think was very unlucky in running uh, last time out at Newbury. I thought probably should have won that day. Uh, and early on in the season was third behind Zaki and Barney Roy. And we, we've talked about the chances of Zaki in the Wolferton and we've talked about the chances of Barney Roy in the Queen Anne. So their group races and didn't finish too far behind them. Uh, and Robin and Navin went under the radar for a while. Uh, Harry Dunlops, trained, trained mostly in France, come over occasionally to England but got beat. Um, and I think that... I don't know. Something something inside me is telling me that this has been the plan all uh, all along for Robin and Navin. And I think that he's dropped to a nice mark of 105. And he'll be up there in the first five, I think. I think he'll be there or thereabouts. 
Can I be boring and put up the same horse I will probably put up for every Ascot handicap this season? Just because if you back him each way to a level stake, you'll probably win money. Raising Sand. Yeah. Raising Sand ran really well in the Victoria Cup last time out. We were on him at 25s uh, when he was fourth there. The extra furlong, I think, will suit. Again, he's a horse who, you know, give him that little bit of extra time to get to the front. 12 to 1 is a fair enough price, you know, you're getting four, you know, three and a half to one or fours on him being in the first five. I bet Bucky's will be paying six or seven places on this as well. Uh, his record at Ascot in races like this is exceptional. It's as good as I've ever seen a horse run consistently well in mile handicaps at Ascot. Uh, and I just think he's a very, very solid bet. Uh I'd also give a mention to Chief Ironside, who was third behind Zaki in the DMED last time out. Yeah. Big horse, like the way he goes about his business. I, I uh, quite like to see the way they change his running style. They keep yeah. holding him up. I think uh, running midfield a bit closer to the pace, and I think he'd run better than they're expecting. Yeah, uh, I think he's interesting dropping back into a handicap uh, off the back of running at group level. Uh like I've said, boring but raising sand for me. Yeah, uh, I can see raising sand being there or thereabouts, uh, but I think I'm I'm robbing another. Mordin was disappointing uh, in the Diam Stakes at Epsom, but won a nice race at Haydock and was second in last year's Cambridgeshire, where obviously bumped into Wizard Hicken, which was no mean feat. So I, th- I think Mordin and Robin and Navin would be my two going into this race. Although I really wouldn't underestimate new graduate, but I couldn't back new graduate at six to six to one. That's even as short as fives in certain areas. Yeah, no problem there, pal. And we'll just quickly touch on the last race of the day, uh, which is the Windsor Castle Stakes Jim listed race over five furlongs for the two-year-olds and the bet five to one joint favourites Chili Petin and Bomb Proof sixes Air Force Jet sevens Foolish Humour. 10's Dubai Station, 12's Real Appeal and 14's Dylan De Vega. Jimbo, we'll only have a minute on this. Uh, do you or do you have a strong fancy? I do. Uh, I think Bomb Proof is a superstar. Um, very, very taken in the parade ring at York. Um, the form of that race is magnificently strong and it'll be great to see D- Jeremy Nasida go off with a winner because I cannot see Bomb Proof getting beat. Uh, Minoski were absolutely hosed up at Pontefract since over six. Uh, Summer Sands last weekend won the Brian Yeardley two-year-old conditions trophy at Beverly, which was a very, very good race. Uh, some power has since come and won at Wolverhampton decisively by two lengths in a nice race. The Kidder had decent form going into that race, disappointed in this, in the race at York. Uh, Irish Eileen ran in a weak sort of race at Beverly, but ran better. But I think Bombproof is a, a superstar and will take all the beating. Fair enough. I have literally no opinion on this, mate. No opinion. I think it's, as if not the messiest race of Royal Ascot, a hell of a lot of uh, you know horses we know very little about. And the fact that it's not actually one of the top races means it's even messier. You know, we don't actually, you know, where is, where is the Coventry? A lot of the top yards are aiming their top two-year-olds at this moment in time. This is a bit of a second-tier race. Uh, but I like I like that you've given us a bet and we'll all be lumping on 
yeah, I, I, he's one of my certainties for the festival. Lovely. Lovely. Right, that's it for day one and two. Uh, we'll be back with a preview of the final three days uh, within the next day or two. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Please don't forget to like, share, rate us five stars on your podcast app, and we'll see you all again very soon. See you later. Bye.